Welcome to Grace on the Go. This podcast was designed so that you can take grace with you anywhere you go. This episode is a sermon from Sunday, January 9th, 2022, called Always and Never Changing, given by Pastor Chris Simmons. The scripture passage highlighted for today's sermon comes from the book of Luke, chapter 2, verses 46 and 47. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. Oh, I missed you. Last week, I missed you. We got to serve up in Rigby. It was still a pleasure to serve them up there, but I missed seeing your wonderful faces. And we're in Luke chapter 2 as we continue along, um, as Pastor Dinger already mentioned, now from, from baby Jesus into the wise men coming to see kind of a toddler Jesus. They think it might have taken up to two years for them to get there. And now we're here at Jesus at the age of 12, right? So here we are in Luke chapter 2. And I have a question for you. Have you ever heard this phrase before? The only constant thing is change. Oh yeah, right? The only constant thing is change. We hear this a lot. And what it really means is the only thing you can be certain of is that things won't remain the same. Right? We got that. Things just won't remain the same. I mean, look at the world today, right? Look at the world today. I know I'm sounding like that guy. But gas used to only cost 10 cents a gallon, right? And minimum wage was 73 cents a gallon. And now with the price of gas, at that minimum wage, you'd have to work five hours to get one gallon of gas. Well, the only constant thing is changed, Right? The only constant thing is change. We see it in the world, right? Nations have risen and fallen. Countries have formed and reformed. We know the world is always changing. But what about you? What about you? The only constant thing is change. I mean, think about your lifetime. Think about the foods you used to eat as a kid, right? You can go to the next slide for me. Fruity Pebbles. Man, I love Fruity Pebbles. That was my, my, not just my cereal of choice, like my only food of choice. I picked out all the purple ones because I didn't want to eat those, fun fact, right? But I would eat three bowls of these on a Saturday morning watching cartoons without fail. And now I look at a bowl of Fruity Pebbles and I get a cavity, right? I just, just by looking at it, I go, oh, right? The only constant thing is change. And think about like your own taste, right? Not just food, but like entertainment, TV shows, uh, movies, things like that. For me, Power Rangers. I could watch Power Rangers. I had the same VHS tape. I literally wore it out because I would watch it back to back to back. I loved watching Power Rangers. And, well, it doesn't quite hit the same anymore. That was a Power Ranger joke. It was a bad one. But um, the other one is like movies. The Great Mouse Detective was my favorite Disney movie of all time. And it just doesn't have the depth to keep my interest like it used to. Or a good McDonald's cheeseburger, ketchup only, right? When I was a kid, I'm, kids are weird, right? I say kids are weird, I'm weird. But um, I, I would always imagine, I fantasized having a sofa that was made of McDonald's cheeseburgers that I could lay on and whenever I wanted to, I could just pick one off and I could eat it. I couldn't get enough of a McDonald's cheeseburger with ketchup only. And now they don't quite settle like they used to, or they settle maybe a little too well, Right? Again, the only constant thing is change. And I don't mean this to sound like a judgment on any of those things. You could still like them as an adult. That's just fine. The thing that's changed is me. I'm the one that's not the same. I'm sure the recipe for any of those really hasn't changed at all. I'm the one that's changed. The only constant thing is change, my likes and dislikes. Yet, when I say that phrase, there's another one that comes to mind, and you've heard this one as well. The more things change the more they remain the same. 
right? You've heard that before too, and they seem contradictory. How can that be? It's very, there's a tension between them. The more things change, the more they remain the same. If you go to the next slide, I may not be able to sit and watch Power Rangers nonstop, but I can binge watch something on Netflix pretty easily, right? I, I love Great British Baking Show. I bring it up all the time. I could watch that whole season all together. That keeps my interest. The more things change, the more they remain the same. Right? Maybe it's not Disney movies I can watch nonstop, but if Gladiator's on and I'm like walking by, like they don't do like TVs in the window, but if they did, I'd walk by a store and Gladiator was on, I would stop and I'd watch it until it was done. Why? Because it's Gladiator. I gotta finish watching this. I say that because I can watch that movie again and again and again. The more things change, the more they remain the same. And yeah, maybe I can't do a McDonald's cheeseburger like I used to or a sofa built out of them, but I would take a refrigerator full of Chick-fil-A. No problem. The more things change, the more they remain the same. What that phrase really means is, yeah, some things may alter, but that need, right, that base, that main issue is still there. It's still there. And when I say consider the world, right, you may have heard of a pandemic going on. You may have heard of things like wars going on. You may have heard things like human rights issues. Well, hold on. I thought with like, you know, the Black Plague and things like that, I thought we resolved these issues. I thought we fought the war to end all wars already. I thought we had solutions for human rights issues. What gives? Why are they still problems today? Well, the more things change, the more they remain the same. Here we are, and we still have all these problems. And that's what brings us to our gospel lesson today, right? So we have... Jesus and his family, they go to Jerusalem, right, to celebrate the Passover. It's one of those required festivals, and they've done this multiple times. You get the impression they do this every year, because that's what tells you in the reading that they do this every year. It's a good impression to get. But, but the thing that's different about this one is they home alone him, right, meaning they, they, they left him behind and they traveled on without him. There's something significant about this Passover. There's something significant about this time where Jesus is there, and there's something significant that's changing and that's shifting as we go into these stories. Now, there's three sets of expectations that kind of happen with this. The first one we'll talk about is Mary's expectations, right? Mary, the mother of Jesus, the first thing, of course, the only thing constant is change. I think it's really interesting here how they note in particular that Jesus was 12 years old, why would it have something that significant? Well, in, in medieval times, what ends up happening in Jewish culture, they come up with something called a bar mitzvah, right? That's the transfer, a, a birthday where they celebrate on the 13th birthday of a, a boy becoming a man, right? That shift into manhood. And that's significant because here Jesus is 12 and he's in that significant change from a boy going into manhood. Especially in his culture at that time, he's already probably working full-time, like apprentice under Joseph, right? Making money for the family. But there's a big expectation on him, especially from Mary, that he's going to be the patriarch of this family. He's the eldest son of this family. And we read about this even later on when Jesus is with his brothers and they have an expectation upon him. What are you doing not going to this festival? You're the eldest son. You're supposed to be the new patriarch. So Mary sees him, right, after having him lost and then finally find him, finding him. Mary sees him, and you can imagine the tone of voice. Behold, your father and I, right? That's, so it's the mom tone, right? Your father and I, and who's she pointing at there? 
Joseph, thank you. You've heard this one before, though, right? <laughs> He's pointing at, she's pointing at Joseph. Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. She has this expectation of you're my eldest son, and this is your father. But what does Jesus answer with? Jesus says, why were you looking for me? Did you not know I must be in my father's house? Is he talking about Joseph? No. Who's he talking about? God. Okay, good. We're on board with that. Right? He's talking about God. Because see, and, and you read this right at the end of this section, Jesus is changing. It says that he is growing and he increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Right? He's coming into his own here. Things are changing. The only thing constant is change. And he's no longer Mary's little lamb anymore. She's not Mary, he's not Mary's little lamb, her little boy. He is the lamb of God. Right? And that's what's happening here because the only thing constant is change. Yeah, he was probably a great eldest son in Mary's family. But that is soon changing. Because the more things change, the more they remain the same. The more things change, the more they remain the same as Jesus is approaching manhood, right? He's teaching in the temple. And that's what it is. When you read question and answering, that's how rabbis would teach between questions and answers. And they're astonished. They're like, we're learning from a 12-year-old boy. What's going on? There's something special about Jesus. Yes, he's changing, of course, increasing in wisdom and stature with God and man. But what's one thing about Jesus that never changes? He's the son of God. And in fact, he is God. Okay, good. Yes, he's the son of God and he is God. The more things change, even in a developing young boy, physiologically, anything like that, the one thing remains the same. The constant is Jesus is the son of God. And it's, it's interesting how Mary's somehow forgotten that, right? Because 12 years ago, an angel came to her, right, and says, you are now pregnant with the son of God. It's like, how could you forget that? Same thing with Joseph. Joseph is the, the dad that's sitting here like this, you know, zipped. Because he knows, too, 12 years ago, an angel went to Joseph and said, I know Mary's pregnant, but hear me out. This is the son of God. Mary and Joseph know this, and it shows you that when we start to drift away from the identity of Jesus and only pick out the certain pieces that, that we want out of Jesus, how much we forget the entirety of Jesus and who Jesus is. I mean, the one that angels came to seemed to have forgotten that he's the son of God and has this focus on her being his, her eldest son. So we move on to the Passover, and it's really significant that this happens at Passover, because there's expectations of Passover. Yet, the only constant thing is change. You guys are on board. Good. Right? The only constant thing is change. And the Passover is going to change, right? At this point, Passover, it's been celebrated for 1,200 years, right? And that's at the time of Jesus. 1,200 years ago was when the Passover occurred. Here's the Reader's Digest version of what happened, right? Just a quick review during the book of Exodus, right? There are the 10 plagues that, that go over Egypt. Moses says, let my people go. There's a whole movie. You should watch it. But it's also in the Bible. You should read it. But uh, he says, let, let my people go. <laughs> Either order's good. You should do both. But uh, let my people go. Let my people go. Let my people go. Then finally, the 10th plague occurs where they are told by Moses that they have to slay a lamb without blemish. 
and then paint their doorposts with the blood of that lamb, that sacrifice. So then when the angel of death comes over Egypt, the angel of death will enter any house that doesn't have that painting of blood upon the doorframe. And what that angel of death does, it goes into that home and it takes the life of the eldest son. It's fascinating how it's another eldest son reference here. Goes in and takes the life of the eldest son. And this is the plague in which Pharaoh finally releases the people of Israel from their slavery. So they celebrate this every year with a festival and they celebrate because it's, it's a freedom from slavery. And since then, Jesus has been required to attend this as all Jews are required as well. But as mentioned before, Jesus would no longer be Mary's little lamb. So remember that because Jesus will be and is, always has been, the lamb of God. Because here the Passover will change and Jesus is the reason the world would be saved for all those who believe in him. Hear this from 1 Corinthians 5. Get rid of the old yeast so that you may be a new unleavened batch as you really are. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the festival, not with the old bread leavened with malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So hear this, because in Passover, again, when we celebrate communion over here, it's so significant that the Passover changes because Jesus is the Passover lamb. In that Maundy Thursday text, we're talking about Lent and planning what's coming on. I love that Maundy Thursday text where Jesus and his disciples come and they eat the Last Supper, which, if you didn't know, is the Passover meal. And he says to his disciples, Long have I waited or eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you. And why is that? It's because at that meal, Jesus institutes his sacrifice. He says, take this bread. It's my body, which is broken for you. Take this cup. The cup of the new covenant is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of all your sins. The Passover has changed. No longer is it a, a physical lamb being sacrificed. It's God himself. Jesus Christ and his love for you is indeed what is given. Yet, at the same time, the more things change, the more they remain the same. Isn't it ironic that the event of the Passover was to free Israel from slavery in Egypt, yet at the same time, we still need to be freed from slavery today. Our enslavement to sin. The things we just can't seem to get away from. The things that occupy our mind. The sins that we can't help but continue to do. We're still feeling that enslavement to sin. And we still need a sacrifice. We still need a Passover. We still need to be set free. The more things change, the more they remain the same. We are still sinners. And Christ, indeed, was our sacrifice. And Jesus Christ died on our behalf to free us from that slavery in church. Give me an hallelujah for that. Hallelujah. Amen. Absolutely. The final point is our expectations. Our expectations when we come to the table, when we finally read the story, what, what's going on? How does it all connect? The only thing constant is change. The only thing constant is change, because we change so much, don't we? Right? I see my two-year-old son there. I've grown from, I was that height once, right? 
I've certainly grown and developed both, and we all have, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And then we kind of get to the top of the hill, and then, well, there's the other side of the hill, right? Where we start to rescind, physically, mentally, emotionally. And then, well, we even rescind spiritually. We can. Sometimes we do. Because as we change, some of us take Jesus with us, As Pastor Dinger mentioned, that confession during confirmation and things like that continue to grow in faith. We take Jesus with us. And sometimes, as we grow, we we leave him behind. It reminds me of a movie. And it's funny, I said this in the 830 service. I'm like, do I admit, should I admit that I've seen this movie? It's a fine movie, right? Language is a little choicey, but Talladega Nights. I don't know if you've ever seen this movie. It has Will Ferrell in it, so it's a Will Ferrell-style movie. And in this movie, he's saying he's a, he's a NASCAR racer, and he's giving grace at his table, right? So he, he, they're all praying to Jesus at his table, but he's praying to the baby Jesus in the golden fleece diapers. That's the Jesus he likes to pray to. So they, fold, they all fold their hands, they're saying grace, and he says, Dear baby Jesus, a cute little infant in the golden fleece diapers, we thank you for this meal today, this bountiful, and it's like McDonald's and all sorts of fast food on the table. And his wife interrupts the prayer, and she says, Honey, hold on. You know Jesus grew up, right? Like he, he became a teenager, he even became an adult man with a beard. And Will Ferrell replies with, well, you know what? I'm giving grace. When I give grace, I'll pray to the Jesus that I want to pray to. When you're giving grace, you can pray to the Jesus that you want to pray to. And the whole table gets on it. His best friend says, you know, I like the Jesus. I pray to the Jesus that has the tuxedo shirt, you know, because he's formal and not too formal. And, and then, then his sons hop in. They say, oh, yeah, we like to pray to the Jesus that's, that's a ninja and he's fighting off evil spirits. And everyone gets in on it. And, you know, it's funny to watch. And what's really funny about it is how there's an essence of truth in it. That we all end up praying to the Jesus that that we want. Or the pieces, maybe, that that we want. We see Jesus one-dimensionally. The things that we kind of want out of him. It happens here and there. It happened with Mary and Joseph, right? They saw Jesus as the eldest son of their family. They saw the part of Jesus that they wanted. And many people will pick and choose what parts they want. Mainly, they want the Jesus from their childhood. The ones that that they heard in the Bible stories, the one that they they confirmed that they had in confirmation. Yet, and you can tell me this, church, the only thing constant is change. I'll tell you this, that if all you have is baby Jesus, then you don't have Jesus. Jesus. If all you have is the Jesus who's the teacher and the prophet and you learn good things from, then you don't have Jesus. Even if you just have the crucified Jesus, the one that died for your sins, you don't have Jesus. And if you only pray to the one that was resurrected, the resurrected Jesus, even then you don't have Jesus. And I say that because Jesus came for you in his entirety, all of him. From God, the biggest change that he made, we talked about this in between services, the biggest change God ever made was changing into a human being. Coming to earth for us, taking our sins upon himself, living that perfect life for our atonement, dying for us on the cross and resurrecting so we could be resurrected with him too. Jesus came in his entirety for you. He wants to be your Lord and God in all facets, not just of your life, in all facets of his very own being, all for you. See, if you don't have all of Jesus, you don't have any Jesus. And I say that to you 
Because the only thing constant is change. When I get back to that point, how many times have you read something in the Bible, and maybe you read it 10 years ago, and you read it today, and you go, it means something completely different. Right? I see a lot of nods out there, and if maybe you read the Bible 10 years ago and haven't touched it, it's time to dive back in, people. And I say that because it seems to keep changing. How can a book keep changing? A book can't change its meaning. The Hobbit is the Hobbit is the Hobbit every time I read it. But the Bible seems to take on new meaning. And yes, the only thing constant is changed. When we read the Word of God, it is a constant. God's Word never changes. Yet we change. And Jesus is ahead of that change. Jesus never changes. He never has, but he's always been ahead of us. When we say Jesus walks alongside of us, he's always constant. Because the more things change, the more they remain the same. We hear this in Hebrews 13. God has never, oh, excuse me, from 5 and 9. God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. That's that great sections from Hebrews 13 over there. Jesus never changes. But you always will. You will always change. But Jesus remains the same. And as much as you change and the world around you changes, remember that one constant. What Jesus did for you on the cross. The life that Jesus lived, Jesus is in, in his entirety. All that he's done for you will never change. No matter how we change, and we'll change for better or for worse, his love for you will always be constant. And yes, we'll see it differently and understand it differently as we grow and as we develop and as we change. But know this, it was there in its entirety for you from the beginning. Not a matter of when you change. It's been there in its entirety for you since the beginning. And he's been seeking to connect with you, especially through God's word. I love how David says this in Psalm 18. Let me read this for you. For who is God but the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? I love that. Who is a rock? Who is the thing you can tether to? There is nothing else as constant that you could tether yourself to but God. The God who equipped me with strength and made my way blameless. We read that. And the more things change, the more they remain the same. So no matter how much you've changed, no matter what you've felt before, how far you've drifted, no matter where you feel like your relationship is with God, how far or how near, know this, Jesus was the same yesterday as he is today, as he is tomorrow, and he desires to have a relationship with you. He desires you so much that he bled for you on the cross. He desires to be with you so much that he conquered death so we could be with him eternally. And about that, Jesus will never change. And even though we may change, that great gift of grace for us always remains the same. And what a great Jesus we have, who is always and never changing. To God be the glory. Amen. Amen.
If you have any questions or comments, email them to podcast at gracepocatello.org. And make sure to subscribe to our channel to stay up to date on sermons and classes at Grace Lutheran Church in Pocatello, Idaho. This podcast is designed so that you can take grace with you anywhere you go. Mm -hmm.